an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. you and give you your praise and glory just most important I want to give you thanks so we just thank you for everything in our life every little thing and every big thing that comes our way we want you to teach us how to always be thankful for no matter what it is even the trials and the tribulations help us count it all joy God just thank you we thank you for Ann's surgery to be so successful we thank you we just give you all praise and glory we know that you were right there you know you got your hand upon her. We thank you for this. I ask you tonight, God, that your anointing will just come through me, that I'm just a vessel, God, and I'm just a willing vessel, but I need your anointing just to come through, and I pray that your word will just land on hearts, and, uh, and, and that they'll have a, an awakening like I got, a fun, joyful one tonight, <laughs> because you have such a good sense of humor. So we thank you, God, uh, that you teach us in so many different ways. And that we're open to learning in all ways and finding you in every part of our life. And we just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So, um, tonight is a little bit different, you guys. Um, if, like, if you read the title, you'll kind of be surprised that tonight I'm going to be teaching you how to make biscuits from scratch. <laughs> That's what it's about. <laughs> so... Um, Anyways, uh, every Friday when I go to the park, believe it or not, God usually uh, doesn't give me the word until Thursday. And uh, even though I ask earlier, I don't usually hear about the word till Thursday. And uh, sometimes I write the word on Thursday and he changes it up on Friday morning because he knows who's going to be there. And sometimes, you know, he just, sometimes I don't think maybe I take enough depth into it and he just wants to add to it, which is awesome. And so... Every now and then, he gives me parables, which I love. And uh, sometimes I'm like, if I hadn't had one in a while, I go, I want a parable again, <laughs> because it's very fun. And you know, Jesus taught in parables. And, and we just need to understand that anything that's happening in the natural has a spiritual meaning behind it. It's already happened in the spiritual world. It's already there. Everything that's in the natural is there because of a spiritual law. So really, we can find anything in our life and find God in it. And you may think this is unusual, but I'll, I'm telling you, he, I was sitting in the dentist chair, and it used to be that I had so much fear going to the dentist, I would actually be vomiting in the chair. I mean, that's how the fear I had. Well, God's changed that around. I can remember one time I was there, and he started giving me a parable. And everything that he was telling me, I'm inside laughing. You know, here I am laying upside down, my head's open, and the inside of me is just like full of this bubbly joy. And every time the dentist and the assistant opened their mouth, it was like right in with what he was saying. And I mean, if we just kind of keep your spirit open, you can find God's word and his way in everything. Because I, I can remember laying there and I was like smiling and chuckling. And then he says, this tongue, it's out of control. It just does what it wants. And it's all I could think about is you cannot tame the tongue, you know? And it's just like, you can find it everywhere. You just have to really be open and just let, like, listen and you'll hear it. So one morning I was laying there and uh, I said, God, what do you want me to tell the guys? And he said, making biscuits. And I'm thinking, well, I make biscuits every Friday morning with sausage gravy. What, what are we talking about? Making biscuits for the word, you know? And I'm like, okay. So I have made biscuits from scratch for many years. Uh, a country hillbilly man taught me how. He was really good friends with my husband and I when I was young. And he taught me all kinds of Southern cooking. And there was nobody that cooked as good as Mr. Jones. And er whenever he came every month, uh, everybody showed up at my house because he made a feast. But his biscuits were amazing. They were light and fluffy and flaky and they were amazing. And so I've I, I love to cook, so I always watch everybody. So I'm always standing in the kitchen, and, and I say, you've got to teach me. Now, anybody can make a cake or cookies or anything else. You get a recipe, and you can do it. But biscuits are different. A homemade biscuit from scratch, you can read all the recipes you want, but it's not the same thing. Because a homemade biscuit 
There's one ingredient that you have to have, and it's a lot of love. You cannot do it without love. So there's no measuring. You just have to know what to do, and it takes patience, and it takes perseverance, and you have to love that you want to get it, and you have to do it over and over until you get that perfect biscuit, okay? And when you've tasted that biscuit like that, you're going to keep wanting to get there. So what is our journey with God? It takes a lot of patience and perseverance, and we better have love along the way, or we're going to give up, right? So uh, it, it was amazing when he started talking to me, and I'm, so I'm just thinking about making biscuits, and as I'm thinking about it, he's telling me what the ingredients are and what the purpose is, and, you know, so here I am smiling, you know, and all the way to the park, and I get there, and I'm like, wow. <laughs> so he's actually had me... Uh, give this particular parable a couple of times at the park through a couple of different years. But the reason I'm sharing it with you now is because I've always loved it, but just never thought about sharing it with y'all. And a couple of months ago, I had a dream. And Latasha said, Susan has something to share. And I'm like, what? And I, I saw myself walking up here. And all of a sudden, I'm sharing you the, this whole thing. In my dream, I'm sharing you the whole parable. So if I woke up saying, okay. I got your point. <laughs> I'm going to share it. <laughs> so God knows who's here, and this is for somebody. And uh, if anything, you're going to get, God has a good sense of humor, and he'll talk to you anyway, <laughs> right? So uh, anyway, so mixing biscuits together is it different ingredients, and all these ingredients, you remember, is a parable, so it's different parts of our life, and parts of, this is about our body, transforming our body and renewing our body. So uh, what I've done is put on here just one scripture of the soul and one scripture of the body uh, to, and, and we all know there's so many, uh, but what I want to say is, some, I just kind of chose something that's really popular that we all kind of have some issues with. So like 1 Samuel 15, 23, for rebellion is as the sin, is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. And I'll tell you, most all of my life, I, uh, I was very, very stubborn. And it took me a long time to get out of it, wasn't until I started reading the Bible, and then it was something I had to really, really start working at, and something that still tries to come back. Uh, and then same thing as the fear did in my life. Sometimes you have something, you accept it as part of your character, who you are, but actually I didn't think it was bad. I really didn't think being stubborn was wrong. If I knew I was right and I wanted it this way, why did I have to change? <laughs> and I don't know if you're that way, but I mean, this was what I did, okay? And then I saw this, and I'm like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And I'm looking at it, idolatry? You know, if I'm being stubborn, who's sitting on the throne in my life? It was me. You see that? I was the king of my life. So that particular scripture hit me, but it's also the same scripture that made me realize, drop the stubbornness, Susan, it's got to go. You see? It's, got, it's not of God. It's got to go. It's from my soul. It's not of God. Um, so for the body, I put 1 John 2.16. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. So we all know that we can have uh, things in our life that we kind of have desires, our flesh Mine likes cookies and sweets, <laughs> you know? And sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night, and I know God's waking me up to pray, but I want a cookie first. Yeah. Or maybe I pray and then want to treat myself, and I want a cookie in the middle of the night, 3 o'clock, really, Susan? <laughs> Not even hungry, but the lust of the flesh. Do you see? So uh, we, we do this. Sometimes we, you know, need to discipline ourselves, but it, that's, that's the body speaking, right? So there are things that we need to renew to bring us all one with our spirit and our newborn spirit. Uh, Romans 12, 2, And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So, well, the good thing is, is even if we're not perfect, we may be, if we're walking in the right direction, at least be good and acceptable. <laughs> so, but we, we, we're on a journey, so let's just head in that right direction and you know, maybe sometimes I do something right and sometimes I slip back. Oh my gosh, today, right before I was coming here, something, it was almost like laughable to me, but my next door neighbor who I hadn't seen in a while was outside and walking really in pain. 
and I knew he's been going through a lot of health issues when you don't see him at all, right? And he's talking to me about his health, and he looks at me, and he goes, it's not good, Susan. It's not good. Don't do this. Don't go down this route. You stay, in, you stay perfect. And I thought, whoa. <laughs> you know, but there was a message there. Do you see what I'm trying to say? He was trying to tell me, don't fall into bad health. And it's like, we need to try to work for this perfect will of God. I mean, it just hit me so strong. I mean, it, I mean he said this to me, you know, an hour before I'm coming here. So there are times in our life that we need to really work towards the perfect, right? Okay, Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing through the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit. The word of God is going to poke a hole between your sword and your spirit because your spirit's already been saved and your spirit is pure and redeemed, but it has to punch through your spirit and then it's going to, that river of living waters is going to come into your soul. You see that? But only the word of God is sharp enough to come in between your spirit and soul. Do you know the difference between your spirit and your soul? Very difficult, right? It's going to punch through it, okay? It's going to pierce right through it. And after it does that, it's going to pierce through your joints and your marrow because now it's going to get into your body. And life is in the blood, and that's where the marrow is making it. So, I mean, it's the word of God that's going to change our DNA. Do you see that? It's going to change our soul, our mind. It's going to change all of it. And what I love is this, the word of God, which is alive, is uh, you know, a discerner of our thoughts and our heart. And God is the one that he's looking at our heart. Okay? So thank God he's looking at our heart. Not always our actions. <laughs> What's more important to him? So sometimes our intentions, sometimes our words we say, are not what, maybe not even of us, because after time, how many times have you said something? I'm thinking, why did I say that? Oh my gosh. You know, I want to reword that. I want to rebuke that, right? Um, but where was your heart? Still can't control that, tame that tongue. There we go, back to that. Okay, so now we're going to get into making biscuits, and we're going to renew, and we're going to transform all of us, all parts of us, right? So the flower is obviously because it's pure white is representing your spirit so you're when you make a biscuit you're going to start out with a flour a lot of flour okay and so i chose scriptures to go with the ingredients to show you ezekiel 36 26 a new heart also i will give you and a new spirit i will put within you and i will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and i will give you a heart of flesh so that we what we need to understand is we did not just receive the Holy Spirit when we were born again, a new creation. We received a brand new spirit, okay? This spirit of ours is pure and redeemed and justified and saved, and it is sealed, sealed by the Holy Spirit so that nothing can come in its way and harm it. And what I love about it being considering as water is your spirit is as water. It's like the Holy Spirit in ours is more like water blending together, you know, born of water is born of God. It's a new spirit. You're, that spirit is born of God. So you mix water with water. Do you see? It, it, you're sealing and we should be. So our spirit is one with Christ. Now we need that word of God to pierce through so the water can come through our soul and come into our body. So this is how we have to become one with Christ. And it is a journey that we have to go on because we actually have to work to renew our soul and our body. Um, so then we're going to add the baking powder. That one's easy to guess. Of course, that would be the Holy Spirit because it rises up inside of you. You do not want a biscuit without any baking powder in it. And you don't want a, ba a biscuit with your expiration date out on your baking powder either, you know? And the way I look at that, you don't want to... And how many of us have the Holy Spirit... And it sits dormant. He sits dormant inside of us because we do not listen to our spirit. It's our soul that is our mind, will, and emotions, but that's the decision maker. And our souls used to be in the decision maker. And the soul usually makes a decision on what the soul wants, the emotions and the feelings of what it wants, or what the body's saying it wants. And how many times do we say, no, my spirit's going to tell me. The spirit's the boss. The spirit has dominion in my life. 
and my spirit is going to tell me what my decisions are. Well, many of us let our spirit sit dormant, and that's like an expired bacon powder, and it's not going to do any good, and you are going to have a flat biscuit, <laughs> okay? So, and next ingredient you add is the salt, and um, so let me read, I'm sorry, let me back up, Romans 8, 11. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken, bring alive your mortal bodies of his spirit that dwelleth in you. So you can see where we need the Holy Spirit to bring our spirit alive, right? Okay, so we all know that um, uh, we are the salt of the earth. Uh, Matthew 5, 13, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost its savor, where shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden underfoot of men. If we are the salt of the earth, that should make mean that we have good flavor, good personality. We are landing in good in people's eyes, do you see, when we're around them. But if we lost our flavor... <laughs> okay, we, are we really listening to the word? Are we walking with God? If we are not pleasant to be around with other people, we've lost our flavor of salt. But what I love about salt, salt is also a preservative, okay? So because it's a preservative, we should be able to contain and maintain our flavor. There you go, right? Okay, so you're gonna, when you're making biscuits, you are gonna mix at least I do. I know a lot of times people only sift the flour. But I always mix all my dry ingredients, to, ingredients together because you want the bacon powder, you want the salt. To, there's, those are little amounts, and you want them to be even throughout the whole dry ingredient. And you may think, oh, it's flour, it's brand new, it's fresh, why do I need to sift it? Because that's what I used to think. And then you sift it, and you're like, wow. For one thing, it looks like you got twice as much. Okay, and... But at the very end of your sifter, you have little pebbles. And we all have little pebbles in our life that we need to discard, and we need to get rid of. And there are things when God's trying to help renew us, there are things in our life that you may not even see that are there that you need to get rid of. Also, it's like stirring it up, making it light and fluffy. We need our spirit stirred up. We definitely need that in our life. And maybe the flour was sitting in the refrigerator to keep it longer. Well, now it has moisture in it, and you'll be surprised how large those pebbles can get. <laughs> so you're going to sift these in dry ingredients together. And um, when you do this, I, I use like a large wooden bowl. And you're going to mix it, in the, you're going to lay it in the bowl, and then you're going to take a little well and put in the middle of it, right in the middle. Now, to make biscuits, how many you're going to make? I can't tell you what it is. It's all, like I say, it's, it's all kind of like practicing and knowing what you're doing. And you can use shortening, but I always use butter because butter has more flavor, so that's what I like to use. And, of course, you're going to have to have it softened when you bake. So I just take my fingers and I dip it in the butter. How much you butter you make determines how much milk you're going to add. And how much milk and butter you add determines on how many biscuits you're going to make. So this is why, how many times have we had to do things in our life over and over again, right, before we get it right? So it is going to take practice to get what you're making for with life. So uh, when you're mixing um, together, uh, the, you're going to pull it together and put it inside. And then what you're going to do is, uh, for the butter, that's the love. Colossians 3.14 and all of these put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. I mean, butter was easy to figure out that that's the love. Because that you, without butter uh, in your biscuit, it's not, your biscuit is not going to be held together. That's what you have to have. Just like you're not going to have anything in your life being moved forward with God without love. And eat milk was easy to figure out. We all know that one, don't we? That's the milk of the word. So that's the word. Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. When I saw richly, I thought, I love buttermilk biscuits. We just need to add a little bit more love. <laughs> okay, so a lot of times I add buttermilk, okay? And you know, if you're adding anything that has a little bit of vinegar, you have to add bacon soda because the one has to activate the other. So... You know, it's almost like 
oh, add one thing, add another. (laughs) Teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your heart. So uh, uh, here's another scripture, 1 Peter 2.22. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up into your salvation. You must have milk to make a biscuit. You must have it. You're going to have to have it in your walk with God for even your salvation. And you're thinking, well, I just got a new spirit. I'm saved. Well, then why did the Apostle Paul say work out your uh, salvation with fear and trembling? It's because you need to work out your salvation of your soul. We got to work that out. Okay? God only did the spirit. So that's why we, it's, it's a walk for us to be able to come one with God. So uh, when you mix these together and you're putting it together, what you're going to do is you're going to take the butter and the butter's in the middle and now you're pouring the milk in. And you're just going to kind of like knead it with your fingers until, until the milk is completely blended in with the butter. So the word is going to be completely blended in with love. And you work it over and over in your hands. You're not adding any flour. You're just working and playing in this little puddle here, okay, right in the middle of your bowl until your hands are no longer sticky. Stop and think about that. Until your, me- your mess in your life is no longer sticky, okay? So you're mixing this together. And now what you're going to do is you're going to start pulsating your hands and adding just a little bit of flour at a time, just a little bit. Now, what I'm going to tell you about making a biscuit is you can't make a biscuit with one hand alone. You have to have two. But the one hand that's doing the work here is your right hand. And so what is your right hand? Isaiah 41.10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am. I will strengthen you, and I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So this is where we have to get the stubbornness out of our life, okay, and not be sitting on the throne and let God be doing the mixing for us. We have to let him be in charge because he's going to make a better biscuit than we are. So he's your right hand, but you can't do it with one hand. You have to have two hands, but we're co-laborers with God, right? We're a team. We need to be involved in this. So while you're starting to pulsate with just adding a little bit. See, a perfect biscuit is gentle. This is why it has to be done with love. You don't do this quick. And it has to be, and God is gentle. Okay, the enemy may come at you fiercely, but God has all the patience in the world. He's very, very gentle. And that's the way it is making a biscuit. You're just going to very slowly add it while this left hand is turning the bowl. And every time it's turning, just one little turn, you're adding just a little bit more flour and a little bit more flour. And then you keep doing this until now you've got, you know, your dough in the middle and you'll know when to stop because you don't want your biscuit dry. When all of a sudden you feel like, "Uh uh-oh, I can't add any more flour or I'm going to have a dry biscuit, you'll feel it. Everything we do in our life, it's going to come from feelings from our spirit. That's exactly what we need. And it takes practice to know, to feel God's feelings. He talks to me more with feelings right here than he does words or parables or visions. You know, that's how he talks to me. And I have to be in tune to it. So right when I feel like that I'm just about done, I'm going to take some other flour and I'm going to put it all over my counter. And I'm going to take my dough because you see the dough is your heart. Okay, what do you need? We need our heart needed with God, don't we? And we need it done gently to take that hard heart of stone and turn it into a soft, soft heart of flesh. So you pull it over here, and now you have what is left. That's not good. We don't need that in our life because that's a mess. I love to bake, but I'm going to be the first to admit I'm a very messy cook. Thank God I have a husband that stands behind me in the kitchen all the time because <laughs> he cleans up behind me. When I was at my sister's one time and I was making them homemade biscuits because they asked me to, <laughs> my uh, brother-in-law is a neat freak, so he's standing in the kitchen cleaning up behind me and we were done. He said, Susan, I love your cooking, 
but you are never bacon with flour in my house again. <laughs> and he's right, you know, flour is dusty and biscuits are messy. I mean, you're making flour everywhere. And I mean, I have it all over. It'll be on the floor, on the sides of the cupboards. It'll be behind me on those cupboards. It's just, it's just the way I cook. So you have a mess, but you know what? I can have a mess in my life too that I need somebody to help me clean it up, right? This is really, this is life. And so it's good, but there are some things that you need to just discard. That bowl's done. Now we're going over to kneading our heart full of love and just very gently. So now what you're going to do is you're just not, you're not going to need it much, just a little bit, because the more you overwork, the tougher it's going to be. And we can overwork our life. We can fall into works instead of trusting the Lord on anything we do. And it's not, we need to understand trusting God. So you do not overwork a biscuit. You're just gonna need it a few times and you're gonna flip it over. And now it's time to spread it out. Now, most people will roll out a biscuit because they like it to be more perfect looking. But you see, I've had the perfect biscuits. I don't care about it looking good on the outside, okay? I want that light, fluffy, flaky, warm biscuit. That's what I want. And I know that the more you roll it, the more you're putting too much works in it. So I just pat it out gently. And I'm gonna pat it out to like maybe a half an inch thick because I still want it thick. So after you pat it out, then it's time to cut the biscuit out. So you take whatever size glass you want, dip it in some flour and start cutting out your biscuits. Now I like a big biscuit because the bigger the biscuit, the less the crust, the more soft biscuit on the inside. Again, it's, it's preferably on your taste, but I want a big soft heart. And most of us would be around somebody that, wouldn't you rather be around somebody with a big soft heart, right? Instead of somebody that's a little heart. <laughs> so it's again, your choice on what, you know, God gives us a lot of choices in life. He really does. And, it, and it's really a lot like making biscuits, I'm telling you. So. Uh, anyway, so we're uh, Isaiah 41.10, for I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. And then Colossians 3.15, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body. Uh, this goes to show that the working your biscuit gently will bring peace to your biscuit. Okay, just like our life. So now you're ready. Oh, one thing I will tell you. So after you put your biscuits aside, you're still going to have a little bit of leftover dough. You've got to be very careful about kneading that dough because now you have to work that dough again. So you want to be very careful, get as many biscuits out as you can. And I don't leave any dough behind. I will, the last piece left, I'm going to make into a little biscuit or if it's too small, I'm going to eat it. <laughs> You know, it's just a lot of work in that biscuit. You can tell. Isn't there a lot of work in that biscuit? It's not going over there in that bowl with the other messy stuff, you know? So I, I make sure I have all my biscuits done. And now you have to put it into a very hot oven. Biscuits, you don't cook at 350 or something lower like you might most things. It has to be at least 425. It has to go into a hot oven, so it better be preheated. And I compare this to faith. God does not want us lukewarm. So we need to be on fire for God. And we all go through many trials and tribulations that we feel like we're in a hot oven, don't we? Don't we go through this? And so, but I mean, I understand that when I go through a trial and tribulation, I should be dropping off some things and learning from that with a lesson. So when I'm coming out of it, I'm pure gold. That's why we're going through it. Okay, so it's up to us how long we're in that oven. So Revelation 3.16, so then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Ooh, I do not want that to happen to me. I would rather have dough, be dough. <laughs> Just keep the dough, don't even put it in the oven if you're not gonna, if you're not gonna put it in a hot oven. Isaiah 43.2, when thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall thy flame kindle upon thee. We need to understand when we even walk through the, the hottest of fires, 
okay, that we need to trust in God. He's trying to tell you, you know, if you're willing to get in and get out of it with me, I'm there to protect you. First Peter 1 Peter 1.7, so that the tested genuous of your faith, more precious than gold, it perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory. You guys, be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So by the time you come out, you're going to be praising God. But we all know that our biggest ammunition that we have in any trial and tribulation is what? Praise and glory. So if you can decide that in the middle of the fire, you can walk into uh, praise and glory, do, do you see how long you're in the oven? You know, now we're going into timing. And I can't tell you how many times that I've heard people say, it's on God's timing, it's on God's timing. God doesn't even have a time chart or a clock or anything in heaven. We do on earth. God has all the time in the world. All the time in the world. And God knows what times that something might be better for you than better for somebody else. But he does give us free will. We, we may mess up timing because of our choices. And I, I'm going to tell you, you can put a biscuit in the oven and you can decide to do it at a, long, a lower temperature and it's just going to come out a harder biscuit. And how many times do we have problems in our life and we stay in that oven too long? We may be at a low temperature. We've turned the temperature down and we're staying in there too long because we are not coming out of the oven. I'm going to listen to this scripture. 2 Peter 3.9, For the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, that all should reach repentance. I mean, every one of us want Jesus to come back today, don't we? I mean, oh, let's let all this get over. Let's just move on to the good stuff, right? We want to be free from everything. But do you want to be free today to get out of your problems and the people that have not repented in their life and not be saved, leave them behind? Because he doesn't. He wants it to be when everybody is coming to him, when everybody's willing to repent. So if you're on in a, a very long tribulation and trial in your life, God's waiting for you to repent. And you may think it's something like, well, I know he wants me to stop smoking and you know, it's really only my body I'm hurting. And I don't think I'm hurting anybody else. You know, I'm not smoking around anybody. And, you know, you may, but you know what? It might not be the smoking that he's even worried about. It's probably the fact that you're being stubborn and you're trying to be the king in your life. It's something else that he wants the repentance from. Something else that he wants you to change from. So you're probably in that oven a lot longer because you decided to turn the temperature around and just sit in there and bake for a while, you know? And you're probably going to come out as a pretty hard biscuit. Instead of coming out light and fluffy. <laughs> and you know what? I'm going to tell you something. I did not make a perfect biscuit on my first time. And, and as I go through trials in life, I do not come out of that trial perfect every time. <laughs> Sometimes I have to learn my lesson. Sometimes I like trial and error. I'm pretty good about learning my lesson. But sometimes I say to myself, oh my gosh, I did that again. I can't believe I did that again. I know better. Any of you been there with me? <laughs> or am I the only one? <laughs> because sometimes it takes us more than one time. And when we finally have learned our lesson, we learn to come through our repentance, actually change our ways in, don't we? So we need to, that temperature and that timing is basically your free will. It can be how you want it to be. Uh, God can make things help, help things work around, but our free will has a large part to play on it. Okay, so now you got your perfect biscuit out of the oven, okay? But before it came out of the oven, you were smelling it. A, a homemade biscuit smells so good, aroma. It's amazing. Just like our prayers going up to God is a sweet, sweet sense, <laughs> is it or not? <laughs> okay, so when we actually change and we repent and we're, um, you know, praying to God, there's a beautiful aroma to him. When we come out and we've changed our ways and we've renewed ourselves, we are pleasant and loving to be around. We are a good aroma to people. Our ways are not the same as it was before. Uh, so it's definitely different. 
But I don't know about you, but I want my biscuits warm or I don't want to eat them at all. I don't even want a day-old biscuit. I don't want it heated. There's no way you can heat it up that's right. <laughs> it's just not the same thing. So you better stay on fire for God and stay warm, <laughs> right? So again, the very first, I don't know about you, but when a biscuit comes out of the oven, the first thing you got to do is open it up and put some warm butter on it right away and let it melt into it, right? Isn't that what you need to do? It's just got to, just even watching it melt. Oh my gosh. So you, you have love. You're made from the inside out. <laughs> Are you anybody hungry for biscuits? See, when I shared this at the park, it wasn't bad because I'm serving them biscuits and sausage gravy. Tonight, you guys, you're on your own. <laughs> Go home and try the recipe. <laughs> so we are God's going to make us from the inside out he filled us up with love he made us with love he needed it into us and now you're going to have to have some love coming out of you do you understand you should be you got to put some more love on the outside so for first Corinthians 13 2 if I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge and if I have faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If you are a warm biscuit and you don't have butter on you, you are nothing. <laughs> okay, so the next one is honey. Oh my gosh, honey. How many times does God, God say, I'm gonna bring you into the promised land flowing with milk and honey. You know, I opened up my Strong's and uh, I, uh, I looked up honey. Oh my gosh. It is mentioned so many times in the Bible. I just wasn't aware. I wasn't aware of how many times. I knew it was a blessing. I know honey's a gift. It's sweet. <laughs> how could it not be, right? Also, the thing about honey is it, it's natural uh, fights, it, it's naturally fights um, bacteria. It has a good bacteria to fight bad bacteria. So, I mean, it has a dual purpose, just like God's whole life, everything with us. There's more than one reason, right? Yeah. That's kind of like a natural reason of being sweet and a spiritual reason of helping, <laughs> healing you. So, honey is good for you. Um, Ezekiel 26, in the day that I lifted up mine and hand unto them to bring them forth of the land of Egypt into a land that I espied for them, flowing with milk and honey, which is the glory of all lands. So, God describes honey as the glory of all lands. I mean, that's a, a big honor to be honey. I mean, when you think about it, we need to eat more honey. And, and stop and think about, you had to be obedient to get the blessing. They had to be obedient to get into the promised land, didn't they? And they're falling into idolatry. They didn't get into the promised land. Their children got into the promised land. And then when they were in the promised lands, how many times did he take them out for being disobedient? You don't get rewarded for being disobedient, right? Mm -hmm. So we need to understand that that's the same thing with God's blessings. If we want God's blessings, it's going to come from being obedient to him. Uh, Proverbs 24, 13. My son, eat thou honey because it is good, and the honeycomb which is sweet to thy taste. The honeycomb is where the house of the honey. Now, listen to what follows it. So shall the knowledge of wisdom be unto thy soul. When thou hast found it, then there shall be a reward, and thy expectation shall not be cut off. Honey is to the honeycomb as knowledge is to wisdom. If you read in the Bible, you will find out that in heaven, the spirit of wisdom lives in a house and spirit of knowledge lives in a house with her. So knowledge lives with wisdom as honey lives in honeycomb. And knowledge that we can get and ask for, the same as wisdom, wisdom tells us when and where to use the knowledge. So you don't want to have one without the other, do you? They're together. So I, that was just amazing. But what is, is then you get a reward. So I mean, and so the scripture after, James says, 115, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, 
that thou givest to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given. God's trying to tell you, if you ask for his wisdom, you will be able to walk in obedience so you can be rewarded with his blessings. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? It's just, start eating your honey, guys. <laughs> okay, I'll tell you what I love on my biscuits is I love preserves. I love red raspberry preserves, blackberry preserves. But the way I pick what, which, which kind of preserves I'm, I get, because, you know, the little side stores that they have, or if you go into, especially if you go into Georgia and Alabama or anything, they're making it, you know, they're making it themselves. I look for the more seeds. The more seeds I can find, the better it is. I want, I want it, I don't want a jelly. I want preserves and I want seeds. And it's funny because again, here we're talking spiritual, aren't we? The more seeds that you sow in your life, the more you're going to reap. So there's, there's definitely always blessings. This is fruit. I mean, if, if, you're, if God is making you, what should be on top of you? What should be coming out of you? Fruit, right? So you can see, I mean, I put, we all know the fruits of the spirit, you know, love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, good faith, meekness, and temperaments. And I put joy in bold because when I eat red raspberry preserves, I'm full of joy, <laughs> you know? <laughs> you do? Yeah. I want that on my biscuit. So now it's like the more, you know, I, you even gave me a little jar of mustard seeds. Uh, you know, mustard seeds are a symbolization from faith. And when I talk to people, especially people who are healing or something, I tell them to eat the mustard seed. You know, get it inside of you so the growth, the faith is growing from inside. You know, just eat the seed. You know, we need to sow whatever seed we need in our life, we need to sow it. And for those that are hungry for the Lord, you're going to want the meat of the word, and that's the sausage gravy. So you have different choices. You see all the choices God gives you in life? <laughs> Hebrews 5, 13 through 14. <laughs> for everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness. So if you're still only eating the milk of the word, if only hope and love and joy are the only things you want to listen to when you're listening to the word. You guys are just still on the milk only. You better want to get to the meat of the word. You better want to get to more than one depth and one level because you're just not hungry, you know, yet. You need to, and the more you get into the word, the hungrier you're going to get. You're going to get to where you can't dig deep enough and you need more and more meat. <laughs> you guys probably wonder why I feed sausage gravy to the park, but believe it or not, those guys are hungry. I mean, they're, they got past the hope and the faith. God, for like, for about four or five years, that's all God would let me talk about. But now it's meat, pure meat at the, there, yep. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age. Even those by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So, you know, how, if you're not getting into the meat of the word, how are you going to discern the good and evil easy in your life? Uh, it is very easy to be deceived by the, the devil. I'm telling you, sometimes things seem good, sound good, look good, good ideas, and they're not. Because we are not knowing God's will good enough. We're not knowing all of his tricks and wiles. So we really have to understand a lot to get into God's word. And uh, I, I wanted to share something with you because that's, that's God's, so God looks at us as a biscuit, you guys. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? I mean, to me, I'm just like, hey, he has a sense of humor. I mean, if he can talk to me in the dentist, he can talk to me about making biscuits. It's, you know, he's, he's going to talk to you on whatever, whatever's on your mind, whatever's in your life, you know. Um, but there's something that I read uh, last week that really hit me. Uh, I'm reading a book, and God gave a word to this lady. And it, it's... it's in a different, it, it's the same, it, it falls in line with what we're talking about, but it, it just hit me so strong. I just want to share it to you. This is like a word that somebody, a God gave another lady. Her name is Rona Spiropolis. I don't know if any of you have heard of her, but it, it amazes me. And when I read this, you know, I have to look things up like, wow. So uh, I just want to share it. It says, um, now I want to talk to you about your own blood. It is a picture of liquid fire and life-giving streams of heaven. It is the liquid fire that travels through the glorified, resurrected body of my son. 
It is the light of resurrection that can transmute the natural into the supernatural, the natural into glorious. Your own blood has red blood cells that are orbs, discs of congealed light. Each one has a life of its own, and each one records your personal lifestyle. The reason that redemption takes place through the blood is that your life, everything that you are, your sin is carried out in your blood, your DNA. When you pass through the veil of my son's blood, your own blood is transformed and supernatural is ignited into each cell. That is the light of Christ. His blood has transforming power. It is a filter through which you are passed. Your blood is passed because through your blood, your whole life is transformed. It is known that through medical blood transfusions, the recipients can take on characteristics of the donor. If that happens in the natural, it can surely happen in the supernatural. Your blood reaches every cell in your whole body, including your heart and your brain. When you pass through the filter of the blood of Christ, he is taken into every area of your body and transformation begins to take place. The light of the world has come to you. Within every blood cell is a portal, a realm of light, a gateway into the supernatural. Quantumly speaking, if a cell is analyzed, it'll be found to have a measure of gold in it. This is left over from the glory that Adam had. But also, naturally speaking, the minute piece of gold is necessary for the electrical charge of life every cell gets from the blood as it passes through. This electrical charge releases nutrients and pulls out toxins from the cells. That minute piece of gold is also the connection to the realm of the spirit, the supernatural. When you pass through the blood of Christ and become a new creation, your blood is ignited in a way that would be described as an electrical charge connection through the gold and it becomes glorified once again. It becomes electric in my presence, the presence of my spirit with the Godhead. My blood carries within the ability to recreate. Your genes are recreated. Your DNA is recreated through the process of exchange so that we can agree together and live in union. The blood can recreate body parts. It can recreate broken down structures of the soul. It can enter into cracks and crevices and renew and rebuild. My blood can repair broken relationships. It can calm the wind and still the stormy sea. As you continually to walk in the access of my blood, you and your divine destiny will melt into each other. Isn't that awesome? It's like the difference of ways that God will explain something to you. And here it's kind of like speaking how it's really physically, not naturally, but like physics done, done in physics, okay? And we just need to understand how powerful God is. And when he wants to renew us and transform us, it's real in the natural. Just like when we let him transform us, Many of us have seen people change from one person into a total different person. Am I right? I mean, you change in every way. And as you change, your health changes. I know when I started reading the Bible, I was a very sick girl when I started and on all kinds of medicine. My health changes. Everything changes about you. Not just your personality, your outlook on life. And it's all started with the word of God. And so it's, it depends on what you want to put into it. It's going to take perseverance. It's going to take patience. And it's going, to, it's going to be how hungry you are. And I know it took some serious trials and tribulations that were in my life that I just reached for that Bible and I wasn't going to let go. It took a lot for me before I decided I got it. This is mine. This is it. And, you know, most of us, unfortunately, have to go through some of that before you really grab hold of it. Um, next week, I want to share something a little different with, with you. It's, um, so this week is about recreating with God, and next week is how God sees you. And um, I was standing right outside there one day um, with James, right outside here. And, you know, see, God told me this, and it was just like almost a video. He speaks in so many different ways. But he didn't even say a word. I was out there and I saw a cut down palm tree and I looked at it and instantly it was like all the knowledge was just right there. He didn't say a word, but a whole story is there. And I go, 
oh my gosh, that's our life. And anybody else would go, really, your life, it's there? Yeah, there it is. And it, it hit me so strong, and this was a couple of months ago, and I, it, it doesn't stop. I mean, it's so powerful to me. I have pictures made up. I've passed these pictures up, and it's like, I hope when I share it to y- with you, yeah, there it is, right there. And I'm going to share that next week, but that picture right there is, I can't even tell you. I mean, I'm even having it made up in wood in my house to hang. I mean, it just, it hit me so strong in my life. So next week, I'm going to share it to you, the whole, everything that he showed me. And uh, so what it is, is how God sees us. And when you understand how God sees you, you will then be able to start seeing others through God's eyes. We need to use his eyes, but first they have to be used for us. Because you are not going to look at others. You're only going to see them in the natural until you start seeing yourself in the spirit world. And so to me, it's like a big revelation. It's just a different way that God talks to you. And, um, And because I saw it right here, you know, right here on this church, I feel like I just need to share it with you, okay? So hopefully you'll be here next week. Thank you, guys. Before I close, I would really just like to, I'd just like to wrap this up with prayer that, you know, God, I just thank you for the words that you give us. Just no matter how it is, we accept it for you. We appreciate it. I pray that each and every one of us will grow with you and that we will, that we will become one, that each one of us will want to be making biscuits and you know that we're going to find joy in everything we do and we're going to find you in every aspect of our life. And we know how you see us and how much you love us that you are just going to take us and God just transform us. We just give ourselves to you and we just want you to transform us and we want you to be the righteous right hand that's mixing us all together. And we just thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. dynamic words, go to mytcbc.com. You can also find us on Facebook and YouTube. So remember to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you.